0: Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. You turn your Bibles with me to the book of Malachi. And if you've been in church for a minute, when you say the book of Malachi, some of y'all are going to get scared here in a moment. Um, As you're turning to Malachi, I'm going to read out of John chapter 10, verse 10. We've been speaking on more. Everyone say more. The Bible says the thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I have come to give you everything in abundance, more, everyone say more, than you expected. Life in its fullness until you overflow. How many want more in your life? Now, I believe that God is a God of more. Throughout the word of God, he calls us more than conquerors. He tells us that he wants to give us more, that he will exceed our expectations. God is a God of more. But I I want you to understand that God wants to bless you more than you want to be blessed. Now, for those of you that are here for the first time, I'm going to apologize because we're going to talk a little family business this morning. And as we do a little family business and Don't judge this ministry based on this one message. In my 18 years at this church, I've preached on giving maybe five or six times. Whole messages just based on giving. Because I never wanted to be that guy. I've seen the abuses when it came to giving, the pressures put on people. And I never wanted to be that guy. But I also recognize the value that when we give, we also receive. And God will open up the windows of heaven to bless us. And so this morning, I want you to recognize that God wants to partner with you. God wants to go into business with you. So as you bow your heads, let's pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. As you're seated, uh, I want you to know that God is the greatest franchise opportunity that you have. God wants to go into business with you now we have a lot of businessmen and women in the church here we got a lot of people that know business and in your business you have to pay a franchise fee right there's a franchise fee that you pay now what is the greatest franchise in america right now anyone know mcdonald's mcdonald's is the greatest franchise. what's number two starbucks who, who else Burger King? Apple. Apple? Walmart? Target. Target. Check this out. The second best, 7 Eleven. And the third, who would have thunk? Dunkin' Donuts. And to for for McDonald's to get a franchise at McDonald's you have to pay 1.1 million to 2.1 million just for the opportunity to buy in wow. and then you have to commit to 8% of your total revenue uh, your income for the rest of, during during that season why to have the name to be identified with the standard so that wherever people go, when you're kids you're driving and they see the golden arches, they want to pull into your place because there's a certain level of expectation when they get there. God is the greatest franchiser there is out there. Because God himself creates this whole world, all the resources, the gold, the silver, and all the resources here. Everything to create the Apple phone was already here when Adam stepped on the earth. Everything to create the computer was here. All the resources were here. God placed all those things on the earth. And he told Adam this. Listen, I'm going to give you access. Everyone say access. He didn't give Adam ownership. He gave him access. And many times we get it confused that what God has given us access to is actually ours. It wasn't Adam's. It was... Access that God gave to Adam in the garden. God loves you so much, he gave you access to these things. And God wants to franchise with you like he did with Adam. But I want you to see what happens here is that after God does all of this, in Malachi chapter 3, this franchise that he makes between himself and the Israelites, they break it. And this franchise was called the tithe. Now that's a dirty word in some churches, some Christians, but I'm hoping to kind of explain this a little bit more, and again, man, I, I, this is it's like me standing here when we collected an offering for me on my thirtieth. It's uncomfortable, but I want you to be blessed. Follow me on this, okay Malachi chapter three verse eight says Begin by being honest. This is God dealing with the people. Begin by being honest. Do honest people rob God? This is God talking to the children of Israel. Do you rob God? But you rob me day after day. You ask, how have we robbed you? The tithe and offerings, that's how. Now you're under a curse. Oh, snap, you're in trouble when God says you're under a curse. The whole lot of you. And because you're robbing me, bring your full tithe, everyone say full tithe, full tithe, to the temple treasury so there will be ample provision in my temple. Other, other versions say that there may be food in my house. Now, let me explain this to you real quick, okay? What's the difference between stealing from someone and robbing them? What's that? One has If you're charged with stealing... The penalty isn't as severe for robbing. Because when you rob someone, you're threatening physical harm. If Let me explain it to you this way. Okay? This is Dave's Bible. I like his Bible. I want his Bible. So David gets distracted by his beautiful wife there, and I steal it. Okay? That's stealing. But this is robbing. Amen. God says, you, "Really, wow. Wow. really, man's gonna man up to me. Wow. You're, you're gonna you're gonna threaten me. You're, you're gonna." You're gonna really, you're gonna step up to me. And you're gonna threaten me by taking what's mine, what I gave you. Now, in that, that, that economy in those days, everything was agricultural, they didn't have the stock market. Everything was agricultural. And God said, if you pay me my franchise fee of 10%, I will make sure that the elements are right for your crops to grow. And so blessing to come your way. I'll make sure that the the atmosphere, the environment, that the things will grow when you get, when you put me first. I'll make sure that the climate is perfect for the things that you plant. But now you've taken from me. And so God goes on and says this. He says, test me in this. Now throughout the whole word, people have gotten in trouble when they tested God. It's only in giving does God say, test me true truth, look it up. He says, test me in this and see if I don't open up heaven itself to you to pour out blessings beyond your wildest dreams. For my part, I will defend you against the marauders, protect your wheat fields and your vegetable gardens against the plunderers. In other words, whatever you plant and grow, you'll get to enjoy no one's going to take the work, the seeds that you planted in the ground and come and take the things that you've been planning for, sowing for, believing for. And many of you have been sowing into your marriage, sowing into your children, sowing into your job, sowing into your franchise, and you have not seen the return. God says, you know what, if you partner with me, I'll make sure everything you put in the ground that you enjoy the fruit of that labor. Come on, somebody say amen. So God establishes this principle, but the problem is, is that tithing is one of the most misunderstood. Things in the word of God. And because one of the things we ask, is it an Old Testament concept or a New Testament concept? Is it under the law or is it under grace? Uh, what does tithe mean? Where, where, you know, What's in it for me? What do I get out of this and where does it go? Who takes the tithe? Who uses the tithe? Where does that money go to in this place? The couple of things I want you to understand that whenever someone has asked those questions in my 31 years of ministry, not one person has ever asked me those questions looking to give more. People are usually asking those questions because they're trying to find out, how can I get by with less? Not more. God's a God of more. But we're trying to figure out how to give less and still get more. God's the ultimate philanthropist. He says, you give me 10%, I'll give you 90 blessed. And your 90 blessed will go farther than 100% cursed. And so I need you to understand some questions I want to, and we're going to fly through real quick because I got to end this. I need to get to the point this morning. But I want to just run four questions by you. And if you want, you can take pictures of them or at least the scriptures. Let me ask you this. Do you trust God to take care of you? Okay. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not in your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. And what? He will direct your path. So many times it doesn't make sense that if I want more money, why would I give 10% of it away? But you got to recognize God wants to take care of you. Number two, do you trust the leaders in your life? Now that got quiet. First one, everyone's like, yeah, I trust God. But I'm not sure I trust you, PD. What are you going to do with the money that is given to the church? Let me just get, give you a little picture of what's going on just so far at C-Dub, okay? We pay over $5,500 a month just for this building. A month. Another $55 for the Milpitas campus. So we're going over eleven dollars a month just for rents. It costs money to do ministry. But we want a place that you're not only going to be comfortable but a place that we can win souls and grow. And so we're investing into our community. It'd be a whole lot easier just to shut this place down, go to Milpitas and and just grow financially. But that's, I'm not here to make money. I'm a nonprofit organization for a reason. I'm not here to make profit. I'm here to invest into people. That's what we're here to do. Now, if you have a business, you're a for-profit person now. I remember our letters we wrote, sent out earlier on. We had someone send out a letter from our church saying we are a non-profit, but instead of prophet, P-R-O-F, P-R-O-F-I-T, he put we are a non-profit, P-H-O, or P-R-O-P-H-E-T. We had no prophets at that time <laughs> at the church. So Hebrews 3.17 says this. Now let, let, me, let me just get you to understand something. If you do not trust me, Or the leadership at CWC, do me a favor. Go to a church where you can trust the leadership and begin to give there. Why? Because you need to give more than we need to receive. You need God's blessing upon your finances. You need God's blessing upon your marriage. You need God's blessing and agreement over you. So I want to challenge you. If you can't trust us here, go somewhere where you can. Don't throw out the principle because of this pastor. Number three, or actually Hebrews 3.17. Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls. That, those, that we must give an account. I have to give an account for all of you. I have to give an account for your families, for you, for who you are when I stand before God. Let them do so with joy, not with grief, for it would be unprofitable to you. Number three, are you serving God or money? Are you serving God? In Matthew 6, 23, he says this. You cannot serve both God and what? And mammon, you can't serve God and money. See, God understood the battle for your soul wasn't going to be between God and Satan. Because God knew that you're going to choose God over Satan. At least I hope you are. If not, then you need to get to Puppet Master tonight, okay? (laughs) But the battle for your soul shouldn't be between God and and, and Satan, the ba- God knew that the battle for your soul was going to be between God and money. Yeah. That money had the ability, the allure to get you off track in life. Amen. Now, God's not opposed to you having money, but he's opposed to money having you. That's right. Amen. And so whatever you value, you invest in. You take a look at my, you, you see the things I, I value based on where I give. And if you value certain things, what you value is what you invest into. last question is this. Are you afraid of not having enough? Many times we're afraid. We we don't give. We don't respond because we're afraid. God, I'm not going to have enough. If I do what you're telling me to do, I'm not going to have enough to get by. You know what's so cool is years ago we did this, this challenge. You know, for the next three months you tithe. Tie the cording, to to be honest, write it down, put an envelope so we have the ability to track it. Don't say, Pastor, I just dropped cash in, so I've been doing it. Put it in the envelope, write your information down, and do it for three months and see if God doesn't meet your need. And if God doesn't meet your need, then we'll give you back every dime you gave during that three-month period. And so we did that. We did that. Miggy responded to that call. By the time she was done, she has tripled her giving because God tripled her income. Single mom, four kids, struggling to get by. Kids growing faster than she could put clothes on them. And then God blessed her as she became faithful. And what's a trip is this. My good friend Kevin Warren from the Minnesota Vikings when he was a VP with one of the teams, he was making X amount of dollars, and we started this accountability. I told him, I want you to, you know, are you, on a weekly basis, I would check with them. are you being faithful in your giving? He's like, well, pastor, I want to start tithing to you. I said, well, I can't take your tithe. That goes to your local church. Now, I wanted to say yes. <laughs> Just being straight. I wanted to say, he goes, you're, you're teaching me on a weekly basis. I understand that, but you have a home church. Your tithe goes to your church. I will never take the tithe that belongs to another house. And my integrity destroyed, messed me up that day. I'm just, I'm just telling you. And so this day, we, we, when we got together after that, over the years, now he is the highest-ranking African-American in the business side in the NFL. The st- chief operating officer. And now he is, his, his income is more than quadrupled during that time. And I ask him every week, are you being faithful in your giving? And he says, Pastor, let me just tell you this. Just a couple weeks ago, he told me this. He goes, I refuse to mess with God's money. He goes, because if I take what belongs to God, God might take me back to the place where I was able to trust him. He goes, "I I want God to know he can trust me with more. He could trust me with more. So he goes, I I make sure I give. I make sure I'm faithful in that area. Because Matthew 6.31 says this. Therefore, do not worry. Somebody say, don't worry. Don't worry worry, saying, what shall we eat in the Bay Area? Come on, folks. This is one of the most expensive places to live in the world. But do you think when, when, when Jesus said this, he was saying, do not worry unless you live in San Jose, California in the 2018. Do you think that's what Jesus meant? What's he say? Don't worry about what we shall eat, what we shall drink, what we will wear. For all these things the Gentile seeks for your heavenly father. Someone say heavenly father. Listen, I'm a new grandfather. My baby just gave birth to the baby boy. And Amen. Guy is cute. Now, I, I tell you this. My kids were ugly when they were born. I'm just being straight. Everyone says, oh, my kid's gorgeous. My kids were ugly when they came out. When I saw this kid, this kid is gorgeous. He is just, but let me say, I say all that to say this. As a grandfather now, as a, as a, and even when I see MJ, oh, I love that kid, even though she cried with me yesterday. I love that kid, and I just, I've fallen in love with these kids. And as a, as a grandfather, you want to give your best God's not a, I'm not a better father than God. And if you're God's children, I said, if you're God's children, God is a better father than all of us. He's going to take care of you. Somebody say amen. So I, now, as we close, if I can get the worship team to help me, I get it, Okay. I get it, man. What's God going to do with this money? If once we give the money, what's God going? God doesn't have a store that He's going to go spend it at. What, what does God want with our money? You see, there's one thing God can't do. God can't make you love Him. Amen. He's given us all free will, right. and it's based on our money that shows our affection. Don't believe it. Wives, hold up your ring. Your Husband bought you that because he loved you. We're willing to invest in something or someone we love. I sold my Corvette for my wife's ring. That's a whole nother story. (laughs) I miss that car. (laughs) What am I telling you today is that whatever you love, you invest in. And God says, if you just, if you would partner with me if you will franchise with me show me that you love me and show me through your giving show me through your your area of the of finances giving is a heart issue it's not a financial issue and I want you to understand as we as we bring this down today God our money reflects where our heart is it reflects where our values are wherever your heart is there your treasures will be also and it's about love more than anything God doesn't want your money God wants your heart he wants your heart this morning. In Genesis chapter 4, we read a story as we, we close this morning. In Genesis chapter 4, now, now capture this. This is before the tithe even existed. So for those that say we well, you know tithing was an old testament concept, Jesus even supported tithe when he when he rebuked the Pharisees and he says, Man, you guys pay tithe. You're supposed to just pay it off the off what you get. You're paying it off of spices, man. You're doing it off of cumin. You're doing it off of mint. You imagine that? You go to the store, you buy mint, okay, ten percent of that mint goes to God. Ten percent of this spice goes to God. They were that's how detailed the Pharisees were in their giving. But God says, You you've Missed the weightier issues. Those things you should have done without, you should have done these things without leaving these ones undone. And Jesus supported tithing. But I want you to see in Genesis, we see before there's even an organized worship, Cain and Abel, Adam and Eve's sons, bring God a gift. See, every one of us is wired with the desire to give back to god yes. it 's in us. worship is in our DNA it 's something that we you get blessed somehow. you just stop man God, thank you we 're wired with that you don 't even have to have to know anything about church or God. We have been wired with the desire to give for God so loved the world that he we 're like our Father. And we're never more like our father than when we give. And Cain and Abel bring their gift. But notice what Cain brought. Cain brought what? He brought what? Talk to me. He brought what? Some. Some of what? He brought some of the crops as a gift to the Lord. Verse 4. Abel also brought a gift. But the best portion. And the what? The firstborn. He brought the first. It's... I always heard people say that if I offered you a drink of my water, do you want the first drink? Or the last? And yet when it comes to God, we always give God our leftovers. So when they give their gifts, God says he receives Abel's, but he rejects Cain. Why? Because Cain just brought some. He brought God the leftovers. He didn't even bring God the best of his, his crops. He just brought some where Abel brought the firstborn, the best one out of all of them. He says, God, this is for you. God, God I, I want, just want to thank you. And God tells Cain, if you do right, won't things work out well for you? Cain was ticked off. He ends up killing his brother because of this. So later on, God institutes a standard of giving. So there's no confusion. Let's get a standard. And there's three things I want you to see. Number one, God establishes a percentage. A pri- or, I'm sorry, a priority giving. Everyone say priority. God wants us to be have a priority in the aspect of giving. That when we give, we give in a priority to God. Giving First, now notice the government doesn't trust you to give you them for you to give them their money. Say it again, pastor. The government does not trust you. I remember when my daughters had their first job and they got their paychecks. They called me upset. Who in the heck is FICA? (laughs) Who is FICA? They're trying to who's this guy that took all my money out of my chair. That's the government, baby. The government doesn't trust you to pay them, so they take the tax right out of your paycheck. God says, I'll trust you. I gave you the ability, the talents, the skills, and the giftings to build the business you're building. To do the work that you do. To accomplish the things that you accomplish. And all I'm asking you to do is give 10% of that. Make it priority. Make it number one. Before you pay your bills, before you do a thing, pay God first. Make God a priority. Now, I lost some of you just with that right there. It's all right. It's going to get better. Second, percentage giving. God says 10%. Why? Because you could drop 10 grand or 100 grand and not affect you if you are making major money. Right? But 10%, a percentage, hits everyone the same. Affects everyone the same. So when the widow came and dropped two pennies in, Jesus said she gave more percentage-wise than all these people that dropped in based on their excess. God expects us to give percentage. And if you're not a percentage giver, I want to challenge you to become a percentage giver. Make it a priority. Become a percentage giver. And lastly, progressive. That as you grow in your faith, let your giving grow as well. Because you can't give an offering until you've tithed. Tithing is the the baseline. And as you're sitting there, I know some of you are like, Pastor, you don't understand my finances. You know what? I do. I've been there. No, you don't. Yes, I do. Me and my wife ate our final meal one time we had, we, I was a pastor. I was working four jobs, and my four jobs weren 't equally what my wife was making at one. We had nothing left in the house, ate our final meal, and we sat there and I felt like such a jerk. I felt like man you 're not even half of a man because you can 't even supply for your wife, and she has a baby on the way, and we 're over here we can 't make ends meet, and you 're here in ministry. What are you doing? I remember after we finished, all we had, and I've told the story to some of you now, we had beautiful china because we had just gotten married a year earlier. Back in those days, everyone picked up their china patterns. Remember that? And so we had beautiful china, but no food to put anything on the china. So I took one of those china plates, put it on the table, set the table up. And you go to those fancy restaurants, they only have like two bites of food on the plates to begin with. So I found a couple strands of spaghetti and I boiled them up, and I put an S on the plate. I think we had three strands each. Found a little can of tomato sauce in the back cupboard, opened that up, and dropped some spices in it, and then dropped two drops on the plate. And we sat there with the fork and knife, and we ate those three strands. Now we had been giving. Some of you would think, man, you're foolish. But we were trusting God that as we were priority giving, that we were percentage giving, that we were progressively giving, that God, we're trusting you to take care of us. After we ate, we washed the dishes, we put them away, and I'm just sitting there thinking, God, I I wish I could tell you my faith was high. God's going to come through. But it wasn't. We sat down on our old couch that had been handed down to generation to generation at the church. A knock came at the door. As I opened the door, there was a guy from the church. It was Billy's brother-in-law, Mickey, standing there with two bags of groceries. I just looked at him. Tears started rolling down my cheek. I like, what? Who took, how? And I just started crying. He goes, bro, it's just chicken. (laughs) He didn't know what we were going through. But his response met us at our deepest need. God showed me at that time that he will always take care of us. That you your tithe isn't a gift. It's your franchise fee. It's your partnership with God. And my question to you is this is if we lost our ability as a people in, an, in this nation to write off the tithe, would you still give? Or are we more concerned about our write-off than being right? With God. Now I love the fact that people want to be generous, support efforts, and I, I, I get that. I love that. I love to see where my money goes. But that generosity doesn't kick in until you've partnered with God in your franchise fee. We're gonna close with this this um, scripture, Second Corinthians nine. In fact, take a picture of this, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. Who must decide who you not me my responsibility to teach it's up to you to make the choice you must decide in your heart how much to give and do not what don't give reluctantly. If the usher is coming by and you have your envelope and he's having to put his foot on your forehead to pry it out of your hand as the offering is coming by, that is not giving cheerfully. Amen. Got a wrestling match happening in the aisle, aisleways back there. Give cheerfully. Do not give reluctantly or in response what? First thing I want you to understand, this isn't about pressure, but it is about teaching. I want you to know the standard. Now, if you respond to that standard, that's on you. Great. If you don't, that's also on you. Because that curse also opens up to you as well. Curse or windows? Windows of blessing or cursing? in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Bow your heads this morning. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash CWC Bay Area.